At Our Father's House, our prayer is that you will be blessed and strengthened by the power of Jesus Christ. We would like to thank you for joining us today as we study God's Word. Now let's join Blake Ramey. Just stand up and for the honor of the reading of the word. So I'm going to start reading from verse 11. And the word says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye, sh- ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. You gotta want God if you, you'll find God if you truly want Him and desire Him. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place where I cause you to be carried away captive. People that truly seek the Lord, God will use those people to bring the church back together. Those people will be the ones that will bring us out of the kingdom of darkness that our nation is in. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, God. Lord, I thank you for an opportunity to stand behind this anointed pulpit. I thank you for an opportunity to worship you in freedom, Lord. And I thank you right now for the opportunity to bring the word. It's an honor. And Lord, I pray now that your conviction would be in this place, Lord, and that you would hide me behind the cross. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So as I was saying, I want to start talking about a true seeker. And... A true seeker, the best way I personally can define it and what I feel like it is, is just somebody who simply goes after God with all their, all their might. It's somebody that seeks God with all their heart. And it's somebody that truly desires God. It's somebody that says, I have to have God more than anything else, more than the air I breathe. It's somebody that really understands the importance of the glory of God in each individual's life. And Hosea 10 and 12 says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. And this verse is practically where I got my whole message from. And it says, it is time to, it's time to seek the Lord. And what we've got to understand is there are certain ways that we can seek God. There are certain ways that we can prepare ourselves for it. And the ways I'm going to be talking about today are preparing of the heart, humbling of self with all of our heart, wholeheartedly, continually in prayer, diligently, and turning from sin. So I'm first going to start out with preparing the heart. And what I'm going to read from there is Luke 8, 8 and verse 15. And the word says, But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. And when you first hear this, you may wonder what this has to do with being, being a true seeker. But you know, God plants each, and, each seed, and he plants seeds, different seeds in each of our lives. Each and every one of us have an undiscovered, different glory of God on the inside of us. There's an undiscovered beauty of God that, and an admiration of his glory that is unique in your spirit, in your soul, that nobody else has. You have the ability to see God from a dimension that nobody else around you can. And he has that dream. And I was listening to Lou Engel, as many of you know, he had that 
thing for the Azusa Street Revival, and I bought their CD on iTunes, and there's a song called Rush, and it's and the words to it starts out, it says, Oh, California, you are not forgotten. There is a dream in your father's heart. The gold of your past shouts to your future. And that song really began to speak to me. And what I really feel is that each of us were not forgotten. God has a plan for us. As we read in Jeremiah, he knows the thoughts that he has towards us. Some of us were on fire for God coming in. When we first got saved, we were on fire for God, and now we've fallen back. We've backslidden. But what I feel like God is trying to do to us is the gold of your past shouts to your future. And at the youth revival, I didn't get to preach my full message, but I was talking about a double portion So some of us that have lost the fire of God are going to receive a double portion by today if you really begin to seek the Lord. And in this scripture in Luke 8 verse 15, as a true seeker, we have to really begin to let God speak to our hearts. We can't be afraid of the challenges that God gives us. A lot, and I was praying last night and something the Lord pointed out to me. And I was just reading my Bible. And a lot of times we look at this book as a book of commandments, do's and don'ts. But what if we looked at it, each commandment was a way of love that he's trying to get us to to discover new glory in him. The world may say we can't do these things because God is trying to keep secrets from us. But what they don't understand, God's put these commandments in this book so that we might know his secrets. You will know the secrets of God if you, if you obey his commandments, if you obey his word. It's not to keep you from anything that the world has. Because in the book of Ecclesiastes, all is vanity under the sun except God. He is the only thing that can satisfy you. And what's awesome about that is you don't have to get satisfied once you get him. There is always a new glory of God that you can walk in. There's always a new anointing that you can walk in. And a true seeker, they have the guts that when God convicts them of something, they don't push it away. I'm glad that just because my, my family, my ancestors, whatever you want to call it, I'm glad just because one of them ran from conviction, I don't have to. It's the same way for you. If your ancestors, your dad and your grandfather pushed away the calling of God, you don't have to because there is power in the blood of Jesus to break every generational curse because I want to declare that if your mom or your dad had cancer, you're not going to have cancer because by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. He didn't hang on the cross just for my sins, but he hung there for my diseases. This, God requires us, even in we're, when we're saved, to change constantly in our walk with God. Because you might be living in a holy and righteous lifestyle and you think, hey, I'm doing pretty good. And you get so deep that all of a sudden God shows yourself, you're like, wow, I never saw that before. Anybody, anybody been there? <laughs> Sometimes you can just get so deep in a lifestyle of righteousness by reading this word because what we got to understand the more we dig in this word it's more than just prayer but we got to have a balance for the hunger of the word and prayer because that is what equals a lifestyle of holiness and righteousness which pleases God the Father 
We cannot be afraid where God wants to take us. Each of us have, as I was saying, he has a dream in, a, in his heart for each of us to expand the kingdom of God and we can't be afraid of where he will lead us because we got to be persuaded of the promises of God. In 2 Chronicles seven 14, I'm going to talk about humbling of self now. It says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their land. Uh, Pastor David Rice, he preached about being clothed with, clothed with humility. And God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Well, we got to understand in our walk with God, we will continually feel like we're on a stumbling block if we think we can do it all on our own. The strongest people aren't the independent, but it's the dependent upon God. Blessed is the man that trusts in God, that puts his faith in God. We got to get to a place where whatever we're going through, we just have faith in God that he does reign, that he is in control, that he is all powerful, and that he really controls everything that goes on. The devil, as we read in the book of Job, it tells us that Job could do, I mean, the devil could do nothing to Job without the Lord's permission. So I'm saying that the Lord can control the power of demonic forces in our region. But the key is, he will not pour out his glory and he won't pull back those demonic spirits if there's not a people that is willing to lay things down, that's willing to lay sin down, that wants his glory and his presence more than they want the things of the world. Some of us want to operate in a calling while enjoying the pleasures of the world. I believe it was Jacob who said, he was talking about Judas in his first message. He was an example of being religious but lost. That's a word. That is a word. I could preach right there and just leave this message and go off, but follow the Lord. <laughs> Anyways, we got to understand that He is our source of strength. And you know, it talks about in the book of Ezekiel, a valley of dry bones. The only way that the army of God can take back a nation is if they gather in unity in the strength of God and they put on the whole armor of God and then they begin to march forth in victory to the beat of God's heart. We are trying to fight a battle without the helmet of salvation. I'm guilty of this too. We allow the enemy to begin to whisper things to us and we are guilty for taking off the helmet of salvation in this time and hour and allowing the enemy to push us and corner us in against the wall and we refuse to push back. We refuse to go forward. We have to understand that God is fighting for us. I love this picture and it had a picture of David and Goliath and behind David it had a giant warrior angel behind him. We don't understand what the angels of God are warring for on our behalf. We can't change a nation on our own willpower. We can't change a nation with what's on, with just the power of our flesh. We have to rely on God and his strength because the fact is, without the blood of Jesus, you can never cleanse a nation. You can't cleanse the nation by the law. 
And I, I love this song, and it's talking about the blood is enough to break every chain. Some people may say we're too far into drug addiction in our region. They may say we're too far into sexual perversion in our nation. But what you don't understand, we're the people of God, and we sit back like we can't control the future. Yes, we can. Yes. If we would humble ourselves and pray. A people of prayer, there's power in prayer. We hold the authority that can shift regions and we can tear down principalities and powers through our prayers. And not to mention, if you don't want to pray, it's not going to come. The last great outpouring ain't going to come to the people that won't pray. We, we got to understand our need for the Lord. We got to understand true seekers have to want his presence every single day. We need to be waking up thinking of the glory of God. I want the kingdom of heaven not just to invade my church, but I want it to invade my house and I want it to invade my way of thinking. What I mean by that, I want my thoughts to be filled with the potential of heaven coming to earth. I want my thoughts to be fulfilled with the potential of revival and awakening coming to my school. I want my mind filled with the, with the potential of heaven coming and invading the White House with revival. Come on, you ain't no Christian if you're going to complain about your president talking about homosexuality and you ain't praying for him. Because other than that, you're just gossiping about I hope you're all right with this. Shame on us as Christians sitting in our padded pews for 20 years and you ain't even got on a bended knee to pray. For y'all that have been saved recently, go get the fire of God and outrun these pew warmers. Amen? I want the fire of God, church. I don't want to stand behind a pulpit. That ain't my desire. That ain't my dream. I don't want to be a great preacher. I want to be a person burning with the flame of devotion, with prayer. I want to be a person burning with the revival fire on the inside of me. I want to be somebody that understands there is power to shake principalities in my region. Somebody, if you want it, I want you to stand up and say, I receive it. Because every time you clap your hands, you're saying, I believe my nation can be changed. Every time you clap your hands, you're saying, I believe my family can be saved. Every time you clap your hands and you dance and you shout and you worship God, you're saying, I believe my family can be free from drug addiction. By your praise, conviction can flow to your family members. By your praise, conviction can flow into your schools. Don't tell me God ain't moving when I see seven and eight saved in a day in a lunch. And don't tell me you need an agenda when I only see them saved in prayer meeting. Love you, PL. I love you. Can't see you, but... Next, I want to talk about God seeking him with all our heart. Deuteronomy 4, verse 29. 
But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him in, if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. And I was talking a little bit earlier about just going after him with everything within us. And that means like the woman that poured out her alabaster box. Are you willing to lay everything on the floor? Are you willing to empty yourself of the world so that God can fill you with the things of the Spirit? Are you willing to lay things aside so that you can be full of the Holy Ghost and full of the faith? Do you want the fruits of the Spirit? Because the gifts of the Spirit will not be in operation without the fruit. We have to understand as Christians, what good if people see no fruit in our lives? What if they see no joy? What if they see no peace? You may say, well, you don't know what type of life I have. What did I just get done preaching like two seconds ago? Pray. Pray. If this word is for anybody, it's somebody that really has a hunger and a desire to pray, that wants a devotion of revival on the inside of them to continually burn without ever going out until the day they die and they get to see the face of God, then you just go crazy into a new dimension. Like David, we have to be willing to say, search me, Lord. That's what it means. You want to make sure everything on the inside of you is revolving around the glory of God. You want to make sure that Jesus is the sinner because he is the son of God and he gives life just like the sun does in this world to the plants. He is our source of life. He didn't come to give us death, but he came to give us life and life more abundantly. The enemy is after us and he has a target on our back because you did take his place. We did take his place. And I'm determined now that every time I dance, every time I shout, and I, I'm more of a private person, but every time I sing, I'm doing those things on top of the enemy's head. Every time I do that, I'm reminding him he has no power over me. I'm reminding him that, yeah, I may slip and I, ain't, and I may fall and I'm not perfect, but in the end, he is defeated because my God and my God alone wears the victor's crown. Amen. God is fighting for me. We got to have a hunger for him greater than anything else. Are we willing to lay aside a meal? Are we willing to turn off the TVs and stuff like that and really lay on our, lay on our faces for hours seeking the face of God? Is this word for anybody? Like, if it's not for you, I'll take it and I'll run with it. I will. And I want to start talking about continually seeking God. In First Chronicles sixteen eleven, seek the Lord in His strength; seek His face continually. Psalms one hundred five, verse four says, "Seek the Lord in His strength; seek His face evermore." And this is one of the things that really got me when I was getting this message. Because true seekers, what sets them apart from other people than just a normal Christian, and you shouldn't be a normal Christian, so get with it if you think you're a normal Christian. What sets true seekers apart is no matter the time and the trial in their life, they continually seek the face of God. They never stop praying. They never stop worshiping. They never stop praising God. I can say this because I've seen it with my own eyes. I have seen my mom 
try to pick out a song set and nothing's coming to her on a Saturday night and she just continues to pray. I can speak that I've seen this with my own eye and then the next day I can see it's all on the floor. I have seen those nights that when she felt like nothing was going, but the next morning we were all just knocked out. I've seen that with my own eyes. Not everybody gets to see the before and the after of that. I'm so glad, and some of you may know what I'm talking about, but I guess it was close to a month or two ago that something drastically happened, and it was actually started right after our youth revival, the night after I preached, and I began to get pounded by attacks and the voices of the enemy. But I'm so glad I didn't stop praying then. I'm so glad that my mom didn't stop praying then because what she don't know, sometimes I get my breakthrough through her worship. I'm so glad that I didn't stop seeking the face of God because when I was angry at myself, when I was not able to forgive myself, I sat here a week and a half ago and every chain of unforgiveness and bitterness against myself was broken off. Not everybody knows that. Not everybody sees that. Justin gave an altar call for that. I'm tired of fishing in the sea of forgetfulness. I'm done fishing out my old sins. I'm done when I'm trying to seek the face of God. I have sins in my past coming up. I'm tired of letting the enemy whisper and talk to me and corner me against the wall. But I know there is power in my praise, power in my prayer that it can silence the voice of the enemy. I'm so glad that my youth pastor didn't stop when some of his prayers were answered because as he kept going, I felt a chain break off of me. I don't know what you're going through, but don't stop praying now. Don't stop praying. Don't stop pushing. Don't stop seeking. Because what you don't know, you might be just a week away from a line of answered prayers. And I speak and I declare that if you've been praying, if you've been keep on seeking the face of God, there is a season of answered prayers coming your way. I speak and I declare that everything is going to be worked out by the power of God in your life. I don't know if it's family matters. I don't know if it's health. But each and every person that has been praying for a certain thing and you feel like you just can't move on, you feel like you can't just take another step, I say pray more. you got to pray until Karen Wheaton was at the she said pray until I want to keep on praying until I feel the shift in my life come I want to keep on praying until I feel a change in my household I want to keep on praying until I feel change break off of my nation nobody else get that you're going to pray until you feel a shift I want to pray until I literally cannot pray no more until I am physically exhausted Most of us have never been to that place where at physical exhaustion where we just can't let another word out because we have that need for God, because we're so hungry for his presence. Most of us has never been there, but it's time for us. For people that don't come to the altar, God is calling us to the altars again. Because I'm telling you, at this altar, that's where I've met every need. That's where every need of mine has been met by the power of God flowing from this stage into these altars. Yes. 
Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be, be made known unto God. We just got to keep on praying. Don't worry about anything that's going wrong in your life because I've been there and I'm telling you, you may feel like everything's going wrong, but you get to a certain point and then you realize God was working it all out all along. But if you quit fasting, if you quit getting in the word of God, some of that stuff may never come. You don't understand the power that the word of God, and when you get in the word of God, you get it in your heart and you begin to declare it in prayer, then you realize your prayers are that much more powerful. Hebrews 11, 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please, please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This means, are we willing to do what it takes? Are we really willing, are we really ready to get in the word of God more than ever before? Are you willing to write down a page full of scripture every day and add it to a wall and declare it over your life if you're really going through something? Are you? I had to get to a point where I was like, okay, I'm not fighting this thing right. I have to get more in the word of God if I want to make it through this thing. Sometimes you may feel like you're crawling, but if you get in the word of God, you will eventually feel like you're running. We have to, this means we just got to run after God and once we start, we don't slow down. We just go as hard and as fast and as long as we possibly can. And while relying on God, I mean, when you see an attack, and I pray for attacks over my life to be exposed early because I expect them coming. But even when you see them, are you willing just to get down and run, try to run right on through them, even though you might get bruised, even though, spiritually speaking, you might get hurt? Are you willing just to keep on running through them? Are you willing to put on the whole armor of God to just burst through the attacks of the enemy? We got to push the limits of what we know as seeking God. That means if we're praying a certain amount of time a day, are we willing to pray even more than what we are? If we're praying 20 minutes, are we willing to pray an hour a day? What would you do if you really wanted freedom or deliverance? What would you do? If you really wanted breakthrough, what would you do? What, what on the inside of you would you desire? What, how far in God would you be willing to go? Yeah. And I want to ask the worship team to come back on stage because I'm going to finish up really here in five or ten minutes. Uh, but I wanted to save this one for last because it's probably one of the most important, if not the most important, saved and unsaved. And it's... It's turning from sin. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for joy that was set before him endured on the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And in this book, you know, Paul, he was a persecutor of the faith. He went from killing Jews and killing Christians to writing two-thirds of the New Testament. That's a pretty incredible testimony. 
I murdered thousands of Jews and now I wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Like, don't go killing people on purpose so you can say that. But <laughs> That's pretty incredible. Don't sin on purpose so you can have a testimony. I mean, let God keep you. <laughs> I got it. Don't let somebody else's testimony influence your own personal testimony. Because what you don't understand, the things that you go through in your testimony, God is granting you an anointing to break those chains off of other people's lives. If you dealt with depression, once you're free, I believe God is infilling you with, he's replacing depression with the anointing to break off depression. We gotta search our hearts in this. We gotta be willing to lay aside every weight in order to run as fast as we can. Mitchell, over here, he runs like I don't know what. But he like runs and runs and runs and runs some more. But uh, we need to be, be like him in the spirit, pretty much. I mean, we just need to be like Mitchell in the spirit. <laughs> but anyways, there's weather, forest, yeah. Did you say forest? Okay. Thanks for distracting me, Stephanie. <laughs> You know, in Psalms 51, it talks about creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And the book of Psalms also says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, he who has clean hands and a pure heart? Are you willing to lay aside every sin? Saved or not, are you willing to improve in areas of your life so you can ascend to a greater level of revival? I don't know what you came in here. You could be dealing with pornography. You could be dealing with depression. You could be dealing with gossip. You could be dealing with drug addiction, addicted to alcohol. But when you come with the willing heart, just like the prodigal son, he'll meet you halfway there. When I get this altar call, I, I don't know if anybody's going to respond to it. I, All I know is I, I've delivered the word that I feel like God has wanted me to give. There's always room for improvement in our life. Your calling and your purpose in your life, preachers ain't God's little favorite. They go through things just like everybody else does. Pastors, preachers, evangelists, they go through things. Worship leaders, they go through things. I ain't saying this because I've never seen it. I can say this because I've experienced it and I can say this because I see it. And the last scripture that I want to say here is John 4, 13 through 14. I want to turn there right quick. Sorry if I take long. Ain't good flipping it with one hand here. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. 
I want to go ahead and give my altar call. What I want to say, what have you been seeking? If you've been seeking the things of the world, it's going to fill you empty. It's going to leave you lonely. It's going to leave you afraid, unsatisfied. It's going to leave you. You're going to continually come back because there's something on the inside of you missing. This might be your first time here. This might be your last chance. What if this is the last chance that you have to get right with God? What if this is the last chance that you get to taste His glory? What if this is your last chance to get the fire of God in your life? How bad do you really want it? Because I'm telling you, I've got a hold of a man named Jesus when I met him at the foot of the cross. And he took everything that the world could. He'll do the complete opposite. He'll fill you with love. He'll fill you with joy. He'll fill you with peace. He'll fill you with comfort. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Through the up and downs, I'm so glad He didn't leave me when I sinned. I'm so glad He didn't leave me when I leave Him. I don't know who this is for. But I'm going to give this altar call for salvation, breakthrough, if you need deliverance, if you're just hungry for God. I believe that if you're hungry for God and you are dealing with a household problem or you're dealing with something generational, I believe if you get up to this altar that chains are going to be broken, that you don't have to deal with what your parents dealt with and your grandparents dealt with. This might be just for one person, but it'll be worth it. He turned the world upside down with 12 people. Why can't he turn a school upside down with one? So just as I hope this word spoke to you, and I'm going to be praying and seeking the face of God, because what good is it if I gave this word, but I don't seek the face of God? Set me down, please. I hope you've heard my heart. So what I want to say right now and I'm getting ready to close in prayer are you satisfied with what you're seeking if you look 10 years down the road and you're, keep, and you're continuing seeking what you are right now would you be satisfied if you got married in 5 years and you are doing what you're doing right now would you be satisfied with that marriage are you satisfied with what you're seeking? That's what I'm going to leave you with. And I'm going to pray. And as I pray, you can come to this altar or you can wait till I'm done. And I hope the Lord has spoke to our hearts. And I believe that if you grasp this word, I believe that it can take you to a new dimension in God. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day right now. Lord, I speak and I declare that your conviction in the, is in this room, Lord. And I pray that breakthrough is coming to each and every person in this place, God. Lord, I pray that even if somebody don't respond to this altar call, 
that a seed has been planted on the inside of them and in due time they will reap a harvest, God. God, I speak and I declare right now if any, any need in this place that it would be met, if somebody needs deliverance, if somebody needs breakthrough, God, I pray now that if they would just be willing to come to this altar, that you would meet every need. In the name of Jesus, I pray and I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every person. Amen. Father's House and upcoming events, log on to ourfathershouseky.org.